If you're loving the Bible Brief, will you take just a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify? We're having hundreds of people every week try out the show, and we want you to help even more discover the Bible Brief. Potential listeners depend upon your reviews to learn why they should listen. So will you do us a favor? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Join the cause to help the world learn the life-changing story and message of the Bible. Joseph is the new prime minister in Egypt, and he has to prepare for the coming famine. A famine that brings with it some familiar faces from Canaan. On The Bible Brief. Joseph has spent years getting ready for this. For the last seven years, he's been systematically gathering the plentiful produce of the land of Egypt. After becoming the prime minister of Egypt, second only to Pharaoh himself, Joseph has been on a mission. God had used the dreams of Pharaoh to not only elevate Joseph from his obscure place in prison, but God also used the dream to warn of the coming years of plenty and famine. Seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. As prime minister, Joseph took this warning seriously, and he prepared accordingly. He led Egypt to save so much food that they stopped counting it because of all the abundance. But that clock kept ticking. Soon the famine began, an awful famine that spread across the earth. It spread all the way to that land from which Joseph had been sold to passing traders. A land with a mourning father and brothers of betrayal. It's to that land that the Bible takes us, as the family of Jacob suffers under the famine. Let's read from Genesis chapter 42. Jacob said to his sons, Behold, I have heard that there is grain for sale in Egypt. Go down and buy grain for us there, that we may live and not die. So ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Joseph did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with his brothers, for he feared that harm might happen to him. Thus the sons of Israel came to buy from Egypt, for the famine was great in the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was the prime minister over the land. He was the one who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed themselves before him with their faces to the ground. Now it's been about twenty years since the brothers saw one another. Twenty years of the brothers thinking about what had happened on that fateful day when they had sold their brother into slavery. Twenty years of Joseph thinking that he'd never see his family again. What happens when they meet after twenty years? Let's find out. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he treated them like strangers and spoke roughly to them. Where do you come from? He said, they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. And Joseph remembered the dreams that he had dreamed of them. And he said to them, you are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. They said to him, no, my Lord, your servants have come to buy food. We are all sons of one man. We are honest men. Your servants have never been spies. But Joseph said to them, It is as I said to you, you are spies. By this you shall be tested. By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not go from this place unless your youngest brother comes here. 
Send one of you, and let him bring your brother, while you remain confined, that your words may be tested, whether there is truth in you. Or else, by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. And Joseph put them all together in custody for three days. Joseph has decided to hide his identity. Despite recognizing his brothers, he decides to keep them in the dark about who he is. And as we begin to see, he starts a scheme that progressively prepares to test his brothers. Joseph wants to see if 20 years has changed his brothers at all. And after putting them in prison for three days, perhaps days involving a little bit of planning on Joseph's part, he launches his scheme. On the third day, Joseph said to them, Do this and you will live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers remain confined where you were in custody, and let the rest go and carry grain for the famine of your households, and bring your youngest brother to me, so your words will be verified, and you shall not die. And they did so. After this, interestingly enough, along with Joseph, we get to listen in on a little conversation between the brothers. They begin to speak as though what they did to Joseph 20 years prior is coming back to bite them. God is finally judging them. The brothers said to one another, In truth, we are guilty concerning our brother, and that we saw the distress of his soul when he begged us, and we did not listen. That is why this distress has come upon us. They didn't know that Joseph understood them, for there was an interpreter between them. Then Joseph turned away from them and wept, and he returned to them and spoke to them. And he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. And Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain, and to replace every man's money in his sack, and to give them provisions for the journey. This was done for them. Then they loaded their donkeys with their grain and departed. And as one of them opened his sack to give his donkey fodder at the lodging place, he saw his money in the mouth of his sack. He said to his brothers, My money has been put back. Here it is in the mouth of my sack. At this their hearts failed them, and they turned trembling to one another, saying, What is this that God has done to us? It appears that upon finding their own money still in their sacks, the brothers know that they will be called thieves and criminals upon any return to Egypt. And they again express grief that God may be judging them for their prior actions. Not only had they sold Joseph into slavery, but now Simeon was stuck in Egypt too, where they couldn't go back without being assumed to be criminals. As soon as they get to Canaan, they relay what happened to Jacob. And they especially tell Jacob of the absolute requirement that the prime minister had made. They must bring back their youngest brother upon any return to Egypt. However, as the famine continues, despite their efforts at convincing Jacob, he won't let them go with Benjamin. And more time passes before we read this. Now the famine was severe in the land. And when they had eaten the grain that they had brought from Egypt, their father said to them, Go again, buy us a little food. But Judah said to him, The man solemnly warned us, saying, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. If you will send our brother with us, we will go down and buy you food. But if you will not send Benjamin, we will not go down. For the man said to us, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. And Jacob said, Why did you treat me so badly as to tell the man that you had another brother? And Judah said to his father, Send the boy with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and you and also our little ones. I will be a pledge for his safety, 
From my hand you shall require him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever. Notice here the man who finally convinces Jacob to allow his youngest son Benjamin to return with the brothers to Egypt. It's Judah. It's the one who had the idea to sell Joseph into slavery over 20 years prior. It's the man who is shown to be immoral and unjust with his activity with Tamar. It's the man who now offers himself as a pledge for the safety of Benjamin. Judah is looking like he may have turned a new leaf. But who knows? Maybe he's just hungry enough to lie to his father again. Then their father said to them, If it must be so, then do this. Take some of the choice fruits of the land in your bags, and take double the money with you. Carry back with you the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was an oversight. Take also your brother Benjamin, and arise and go to the man. May God Almighty grant you mercy before the man, and may he send back your brother Simeon and Benjamin. And as for me, if I am bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. So the brothers took this present, and they took double the money with them, and Benjamin. And they arose and went down to Egypt, and stood before Joseph. So here we go, round two in Egypt. Let's see what Joseph has cooked up for the brothers. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the steward of his house, Bring the men into the house, and slaughter an animal and make ready, for the men are to dine with me at noon. When Joseph came home, the brothers brought into the house to him the present that they had with them, and bowed to him to the ground. And he inquired about their welfare and said, Is your father well, the old man of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? They said, Your servant our father is well, he is still alive. And they bowed their heads and prostrated themselves. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your youngest brother, of whom you spoke to me? God be gracious to you, my son. Then Joseph hurried out, for his compassion grew warm for his brother, and he sought a place to weep. And he entered his chamber and wept there. Then he washed his face and came out, and controlling himself, he said, Serve the food. There in Joseph's estate, the brothers soon sit down for a dinner with the prime minister of Egypt. A man who happens to seat them around the table in perfect order of their birth, and gives the youngest of them the largest portion of food. The Bible describes a wonderful dinner between the brothers, with merriment and a little too much drinking. An evening that might be expected not in the midst of famine, but in the midst of friendship. Perhaps this is the beginning of a reconciliation? Let's keep reading. Then Joseph commanded the steward of his house, Fill the men's sacks with food, as much as they can carry, and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack, and put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest, with his money for the grain. And his steward did as Joseph told him. As soon as the morning was light, the brothers were sent away with their donkeys. As we can tell, Joseph's scheme isn't finished. Having hosted them to a fabulous meal and lodging, Joseph picks out the youngest of them, Jacob's new favorite son, Benjamin, and decides to place the silver cup into his bag. You might imagine what happens next. The brothers had gone only a short distance from the city. Now Joseph said to his steward, Up, follow after the men, and when you overtake them, say to them, 
Why have you repaid evil for good? Is it not from this that my Lord drinks, and by this that he practices divination? You have done an evil thing in stealing the cup. Now when the steward overtook the brothers, he spoke to them these words. And they said to him, Whichever of your servants is found with a silver cup shall die. We also will be my Lord's servants. He said, Let it be as you say. He who is found with it shall be my servant, and the rest of you shall be innocent. Then each man quickly lowered his sack to the ground, and each man opened his sack. And he searched, beginning with the eldest, and ending with the youngest. And the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. And the brothers, they tear their clothes in grief. They'd sold Joseph years ago, and now they would lose the other favorite son as well. What would they do? Join us next time as we see Joseph's scheme finally come to a head. Will he keep Benjamin with him? Will he force the brothers to go back to their father in shame? Will he be able to keep it together himself? The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023